A science story, huh? And I just thought, well, I figured it out. I it was that golden moment. Because science was on my side. Hey everyone, I'm Ben Lilly, and welcome to the Story Collider, where we bring you true personal stories about science. We have upcoming shows July 31st in San Carlos, California, and August 13th in New York. This week's story is from Eugene Lim. The story was recorded in June 2014 at the Book Club in London. So, okay, so um, when I was young and I was growing up in a country called Malaysia, anybody know where the place is? Well, she knows. She's from Malaysia. And, uh, and there are two things I want to do when I grow up. And one is to become a scientist, you know, discover the secrets of the universe. You know, how cool is that? And the other thing I would like to do was to become a doctor and go to some crazy country in Africa after a disaster and go save lives. So there are two things, you know, hero complex thing. And, um, and it, as it turns out, I happen to be a wimp and I can't stand the sight of blood. So, so I end up becoming a cosmologist. Kind of boring. So, um, so what I study as a cosmologist is um, the idea of the multiverse. You all might have heard of that. So the idea of multiverse is that in the super universe, there are many, many universes floating around that looks like bubbles. And we happen to be in one of them. And there's an infinite number of them. And since there are an infinite number of them, sometimes they collide and they run into each other. And the question is, what happened next? So as it turns out, the equation to solve for what happened next is actually really hard. You know, it's really complicated. You know, we quite, don't quite know what happened next. That's why they pay me the big bucks to go figure these things out. <laughs> it's important, right? Um, um, but sometimes when the, 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 the situation, when, 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 when things are just right, you know, when the conditions of the way that you set up the equation are just right, uh, something sort of miraculous happens. It's that equations become easy to solve. And what happens next when you collide two universes together is that it makes a little, tiny, little baby universe in the middle. So, you know, so it's kind of cute. And, um, <laughs> well, it's, um, so, yeah, so the universes, in a sense, is like people, right? So, you know, when most of the time when you put two people together, they hate each other. But sometimes things are just right. They fall in love, they get married, and they have babies. So, um, so anyway, um, so about four years ago, um, in 2010, I was still living in New York City, um, and that's how I met Brian. And, um, and, and I was finishing up a postdoctoral research position at Columbia University. And some of you might remember that in 2010, there was a huge earthquake hitting Haiti. Now, Haiti is like one of the world's most poorest places in the world, and, um, and, and, and it's devastating. It, destroyed the country. A quarter of a million people died in, in the earthquake. It was, it was awful, awful, awful. And if you live in the U.S., you just hear nothing on the news but Haiti, 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 Haiti for like weeks because it's so awful. So at that time, I actually had an offer from Cambridge University of a lecturer position, and I've already accepted it, and I'm actually going, leaving New York to come to Cambridge and take up that position at the end of the year. So I thought, you know what, the future is kind of secure, so maybe it's time for me to do something that I like to do, which is, you know, maybe I can go to Haiti and help out. 
So, so, um, so that's actually what I did. Um, so, so what happened is that um, I know I'm still not a doctor. I'm still a wimp, so I still can't stand the sign of blood. But, but I can't save lives as a doctor. But I can teach. So, so it that year I actually went to Haiti um, after the earthquake and 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 taught in a university in 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 Haiti called University of Fonwa. So what happened to this university is that after the earthquake, they lost all their buildings. It's all collapsed, and they lost a bunch of their professors. They are dead, and a bunch of their students. Um, but but despite all this destruction, they still want to save the academic year. You know, they don't want the year to be lost. So they say, you know, you know, if you can come and help out to teach something, then we 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 we'll be happy. So I ended up going down to Haiti um, to teach calculus to a bunch of students. In uh, living in uh, in collapsed buildings with no power, no water, um, but just you know, in, I, I was teaching calculus in this warehouse with no roof and a blackboard, um, and and so that that was my Haiti experience. So um, so 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 when I got back um, from Haiti, um, my friends asked me and. Probably you might be thinking. So, so how was it, Eugene? You know, how how was Haiti? Um, and and I, I don't know how to share. It. It's the, the the thing is that Haiti is such a, a a crazy experience, such so out of the world. I mean, I'm not just going to Haiti. I'm going to Haiti after the earthquake, um, surrounded by all this destruction and death. And and, and I don't know how to parse it. I do not know how to tell the story in a coherent manner. So it's not like if I go to Italy and I said, and you ask me, so how was Italy? And I say, well, I went to see the Colosseum, I had some good pizza, and you get it, right? You, you sort of get the idea what Italy is. But Haiti, how do I tell the story? Um, it, it, for a long time, it, it, it was just like this rock inside me, this big rock. And, and my mouth is too small for it to come out all at once. You know, it's like stuck somewhere in the throat. It's like, so, so I can't really tell the story. I do not know how to, to share the experience. So, so it, it, it sort of like come out in little bits, bits and pieces. You know, they, I can't tell, so this is Haiti. You know, it's like, I can just maybe just like tell stories to try to share it. So, so, so when Brian asked me to tell a story about Haiti, I thought maybe I'll share with you a story in Haiti of, you know, that, of a day in Haiti that I sort of cannot forget. Um, so, so, so this day in Haiti, um, I was with a couple of American volunteers. Um, it was Christina and Ruben. And, and, and we were working in this university in Fonwa, which is actually not in Port-au-Prince, which is where the capital is. It's about 60 miles from the capital, and it's up in the mountains. So in Haiti, everywhere is mountains, right? Port-au-Prince and mountains. Um, and, and, and three of us, you know, we are known as Blanc. Blanc in Creole means white, um, yellow. But, um, but in Haiti, if you are not black, you are white. So I'm blank. Um, and, 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 and Christina has done her volunteer job, and she's going back to her husband. And, and Ruben and I, we were just sending her off. So, so we are in Port-au-Prince. No, we are in Fonwa, 60 miles away from Port-au-Prince. We need to get her to the airport. So we need, so we, we need to take a bus. So in Haiti, the bus is called a tap-tap basically mean quick, quick, and you get the idea. And so what's a tap-tap? A tap-tap is basically a pickup truck. They put a roof on it, and they make all sorts of colorful paintings on it so that when it comes down the street, you know that that's a bus, that's a tap-tap. 
and, and it's always overloaded. Um, so you can, you can sit inside, fall deep with livestock. You know, I sat next to a goat before. Uh, or you can sit on the roof, which is my favorite spot because you get more air and more light. Or if it's already full, you hang on to the side. You know, like Indiana Jones, you see this movie, Indiana Jones hanging on the side. They do that every day in Haiti. So, so, so you, you choose where you want to sit when there's a spot. So three of us, we got onto this tap tap to head out to Port-au-Prince. And, and that day, I end up sitting inside because on top there's actually cargo. So I can't actually sit on top. So I, we end up sitting inside. And, and tap tap drivers are crazy. They are worse than New York cab drivers. Right? They're just insane. Right? So, and, and this guy was especially crazy. And as, I, as soon as I sat down and he took off, I knew that he was going way too fast with too much stuff. But anyway, this is how things work in Haiti. So you sort of like, okay, well, let's live with it. It's fine. I've sat in tap taps many times. I, I'm cool. Right? So, so we went. We were going, 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 going. And, and then suddenly, the, I can feel the tap tap swerve to the right. Like, like sudden swerve. Shoo! And I said, oops. And then, um, then moments later, it swerved harder to the right. And I was actually literally almost thrown out of my chair. And I started to grab on things just to... Just to, to so bracing for impact. You know, you've seen the movies, Brace for Impact, that's my head. Brace for impact. And, and then, impact, right? I heard a real loud thud, like, thud. And, and I can still hear it in my head because it's so loud. And, but strangely, I didn't feel it. There was no, the, 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 the tap tap was still going. It's just a loud thud. And then I was sitting inside, but looking outside, and I can see a white pickup truck um, going past us towards the opposite direction. And, and, and it was not on the road, but it was actually on the curb. And then my eyes follow it. And as, as soon as it exits the side and gone to the back, and I can see it. So what I saw was that it was dragging a body on the rear left wheel. Um, so, so I'm a scientist, right? So when, when traumatic things happen to me, the thing I snap to is to be clinical and to be precise, to analyze the situation instead of go uh, freak out. So, 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 so now what I'm going to tell you is like, I can remember it so clearly in my head. Like, so I can play the movie again and again and again. So, so, so the, the pickup truck was dragging this body under its left wheel. It's a woman. She was wearing a white shirt and a blue blouse. Her face was facing the road. She has short hair um, tied to the back like just many Haitian women do. And then her body was you know, sort of like bobbing around, bobbing up and down the road. And I remember clearly in my head, I was thinking, like, why is it bobbing up and down the road? It must be friction. It must, it must be friction. It must, you know, then your brain starts to calculate the coefficient of friction that would cause such a bobbing. And um, so there was like, a scream in the tap tap I was sitting in. And I looked next to Christina, who was sitting next to me in the inside. And she was trying to look. And somehow I had the presence of mind to, to like, stop her from looking and say, you know, don't look, don't look. But then, then I looked back myself. And I remember like, just a bunch of Haitian men walking around, like sort of nonchalant. And, and I'm thinking, somebody just got killed. Why aren't you doing anything about it? So 
so that moment, you imagine that maybe the tap tap will stop, but no, it just sped off, right? So the tap tap we were sitting on decided to run from the scene. So it just went even faster down the road now. And then for like a moment, everybody in the tap tap, and we will pack the room, like what's this silence, like, you know, what should we do? And then, and then this moment, then after this, there was this moment that restored my, 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 my belief in, in human beings, is that everybody all at once got really, really angry. So we started to bang on the, on, 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 onto the um, tap tap everywhere that we can make noise, asking the driver to stop. You know, you got to stop, you got to stop, you got to stop. But he did not stop. He, like, he just kept going. And, and we were just like, screaming, screaming, screaming for like minutes. Eventually... Um, a couple of motorcycles chase us down and stop us. You know, basically put a roadblock in front of us, cut us and put a roadblock in front of us, of us and stop us. And then we got out. So everybody just like just got out of the tap tap after it stopped. And um, as I was climbing down, I still remember this, is that I saw a woman, a young woman, and she was holding a baby very tightly towards chest. And, and then she was sort of crying, but she had this like, far away look in her eyes and she's not climbing down the tap tap and I asked her um, do you want me to help you do you want me to, 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 to help you come down with your baby and then she looked at me and just give me this little shocked smile in her face that, but that no, no I'm not really wanting to come down so, 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 so then we waited for a little bit but then a crowd started to form around us, and a really, really, really angry crowd. Um, I remember the driver animatedly trying to explain why he did that, why he did this. And then, because there's so many people around us now, we sort of realized that we are not really in a safe place. So we sort of like sleep out and, 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 and go out of the place very, very quietly. So, and then we also need to get Pristina to her plane because she's flying back. Um, eventually, we did hitchhike our way back to Port-au-Prince, we went back. We went to Port-au-Prince, um, and we Christina managed to catch a flight home, and then so left Ruben and I, and then we were resting somewhere. And for many hours after what happened, I was sort of like numb. I was like calm about it. Like say, yeah, I know it's, things happen. You know, horrible things have happened, but it's okay. You know, um, you know we dealt with the situation cool, coolly. Everything is cool. Um, but then. Um, Later in the evening, I started to think about, say, you know, somewhere in Haiti today, there will be a family where a woman will not be coming back. Maybe somebody's sister, somebody's wife, somebody's daughter, she won't be coming back. And, and that's when it hit me, right? It's like, I started to shake, you know, and I, stick uncomf- I, I really can't control how I shake, right? But um, and I started to shake. And, and this is when, you know, when, when, when maybe at the time I realized that, well, maybe there's still despite all the analysis in my head, there's still some parts of me still kind of human. So, um, so, so that day, you know, we had all these delays, and eventually we tried to get back to Fonwa. So we're in Port-au-Prince, we're trying to get back to Fonwa. And after the earthquake, getting back is not easy. Right? It's, everything is in chaos, there's no law, you know, you have, you know, there's a martial law imposed by the UN, you know, there's a lot of a lot of issues with that. Um, so we tried to get back. And so we, we managed to get halfway back, 
But then we got stuck in a place called Leogan, which is about 30 miles from where we want to be, at the foot of the mountains. We, we, our university is actually up in the mountains. Leogan is actually basically at the foot of the mountain. So we're stuck there, and, and it was late in the evening. The sun is coming down. We're stuck in the middle of nowhere. And it's not a safe place to be, again. It's not really safe. But Ruben and I say, you know what? After what happened, we can just tough it out. It's all right. Let's, you know, we're veterans now. Um, but fortunately, um, somebody saw us just milling around there, and then he motioned to us. He said, you know, come along, come along, follow us. So, so we followed him. We never met him before. But then he explained that he knew that we were volunteers in this university, and then he knew of a cargo truck that's taking cargo from Liogan to Jack Mao, which is, you know, and where Fonwa is actually right in the middle between Liogan and Jack Mao. So the, the truck actually passed where we live. So I said, sure. So, so then we saw the truck. It was this gigantic truck piled of, full of rice, bags of rice up to the brim. And there's no place for us to sit. So, so we climb up to the you know, Haitian style, climb up to the top of the piles of rice. And then the truck, so again, heavily overloaded, was just taking this very slow, meandering drive up the mountains. And then we are so high up that we can see over the tree line. And you can see, it was really a clear day. We can see the plains of Leogan, we can see the coast, we can see Port-au-Prince, like 40 miles away. It was, it was, it was beautiful. And, and then the sun set, and then in Haiti, there's no power, so it was very dark. And you can see the Milky Way just coming out on the sky. And so, so it was me you know, and Reuben, the Americans, like, sitting on top of these bags of rice, going up the mountains. And, 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 and we did not talk to each other, we just sort of deep in thought most of the trip, but there was one moment when, when we sort of like talked to each other briefly and it was the question you know, we sort of talked to, say you know, so, so how on earth are we supposed to share this kind of experience with people back home and um, so, 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 so maybe you know, by telling you this little bit of a story um, I can uh, give you a sense of how it was for me, personally, at least, to be in Haiti. It's like maybe like, like going back to the equation of trying to solve, you know, where I'm trying to solve whether two bubbles collide, and it's usually too complicated to solve. So maybe there's some time when, uh, like this, that maybe some situation is just right, or a story is just right that I can tell you, and maybe you can sort of understood it. So, so thanks for listening. Thank you very much. That was Eugene Lim. One day, Eugene decided to dump his mechanical engineering degree to do physics for a living, so he went and obtained a PhD in astronomy at the University of Chicago, advised by someone who does not have a degree in physics. He is currently at King's College, London. For more science stories, take a look at storycollider.org, where we have archives of the podcast and upcoming events. Also, we depend on listeners like you for our support. If you love the podcast, please do consider donating at storycollider.org donate. The Story Collider is produced by me, Brian Wecht, Aaron Barker, and Ari Daniel. The podcast is produced by Rose Eveleth. Additional help from Brooke Williams, Lena Groger, and Justin D'Ambrosio. The theme music is by Ghost. Special thanks to the book club for hosting the show, and to Keys and or Locksmiths for opening doors. Thanks for listening.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.